0: Good morning, Crossroads. How are y'all today? Isn't it an awesome day to come into the presence of the Lord? Yes, sir. Hallelujah. You know, there's really not a whole lot. We don't have human words to express the goodness of God. Try as hard as as we do with our English language or the language that God has given us It is just insufficient. It is just insufficient of what God has done for us, how He has given us life, how He has set us up to experience Him here on earth. And I think a lot of times we get so busy in our day-to-day routines that we forget that God has blessed us here and now. We don't have to wait till we get to heaven. We don't have to wait till we meet a certain standard. Or we don't have to wait until we get you know something that God's promised us we can experience God's joy and peace now so i want us to come in with the attitude we're going to do the best we can in these human minds and these human bodies that God has given us to experience him today and with that being said i would like to welcome you here to crossroads world outreach center i am pastor charles sharp i am the associate pastor here uh, we also would like to welcome our online congregation. Uh, online congregation, we have an online pastor that is here for you. If you're on Facebook, Pastor Teresa McCurry is available to you. So just send a note. Say, hey, if you've got a prayer request or you need anything from her, just go ahead and send that out and she'll take care of that for you. Uh, you know... We come with the time and we do this every Sunday, and I don't want it to become so commonplace that it means nothing to us. I don't want us to get into the routine of where we do this every single Sunday and it's the same thing. I want you to experience the joy and what God has given us. You know, and one of the things where God has given us, He's given into our finances, and He's given us different levels. I mean, there are people in here he's blessed abundantly. There's people in here he's blessed sufficiently. But there's always an overage. He's always blessed us more than enough. And so we get that opportunity to give into our tithes and offerings. And not again in a long dissertation, but basically your tithes are what is required because we are believing God. And God has said a tenth is usually the tithe. Offering is above tithes. So if your tithes is $200, that's just tithes. You're, you're, you're giving what is required. It's what you give over and above that God also blesses over and above. So let's remember that today as we stand. We're going to start out with our faith statement because we know that God is faithful. So everybody, let's stand. We are sword-drawn, word-ready, purpose-filled. We will not be denied, and in Jesus' name, we will do everything. Not somehow, but triumphantly. Amen. And I want to call your attention to that word everything. That's not some things. That's not just church things. That's not just home things. Everything. We do everything as unto the Lord. And we will do it by succeeding triumphantly. And that's what we're proclaiming here today. So let's say that again. And let's say it like we believe it and we are expecting that God's going to bless it. We are sword drawn, word ready, purpose filled. We will not be denied. And in Jesus' name, we will do everything. Not somehow, but triumphantly. Hallelujah. And as we make our faith statement over our giving, you have several ways you can give. You can give online. You can give here physically. We have baskets set up on either end here that you can just bring your offering. Or you can mail it to the church if you so need to mail it. But let's make a statement over our giving because it's in our giving that God blesses us back. As we said before, we give to get, to get, to give. So we don't give so that God can give us more and we can increase our bank account and we, ne- we just see that number rising. We give so that God will bless us so that we can then bless others through our giving. So as we make that statement today, as we receive today's offering, we are believing the Lord for jobs and better jobs, Raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, favorable settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, debts paid off, expenses decreased, blessing and increase. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all of my financial needs that I may have more than enough to give into the kingdom of God and promote the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! You know, church, as I was thinking this week, Michelle's got a new song we're going to do today, and I was thinking about the words of that song that we're going to do. It's talking about praising God. God and thanking him and believing for whatever we've been promised or whatever we've been asked for even when we haven't received it yet. So we're going to praise God ahead of time. And I thought about the story of Jehoshaphat. And if you don't know, Jehoshaphat was a king and he got this really bad news that all these people were coming against him in to fight. And Jehoshaphat went to God and he basically said, look God, I don't know what to do. We cannot stand up against these people. They outnumber us ten to one. I mean, there's just so many of them. What do we do? And so, if you notice, one of the first things he did is he prayed, and he asked, "What do I do?" Then he gathered the people, and he got the people to pray with him. And I'm going to pick up in Second Chronicles, uh, verse or chapter 20, with verse 14. It says, after he's brought the people together and they've gathered all the whole um, community got together. He told them, you know, let's, let's seek the Lord, and then said, Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaiah, the son of Jael, the son of Madaniah, the Levite, the sons of Asaph, in the midst of the assembly. And he said, Listen, all of you Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem, and you King Jehoshaphat, Thus saith the Lord to you. Do not be afraid or dismayed because of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Church, that applies to us today. God's never intended us to fight our own battles. The battles are His. We have to show up, and we have to do what He's asked us to do. But He's going to do the fighting. So said, Tomorrow, go down against them. They will surely come up by the ascent of Ziz. And you will find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jerul. You will not need to fight in this battle. Position yourselves, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord who is with you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord is with you. So Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground, and all of Judah bowed, and the inhabitants of Jerusalem bowed before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. Now, you get that people? They're already worshiping. They're already praising. They're here now. The battle hasn't happened yet, but they're praising and worshiping God. Then the Levites of the children of the Kothites and the children of the Korites stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with a voice loud and high. Again, this is before the battle, and they're already worshiping, they're praising, and it said with a voice loud and high. They weren't just, thank you, Lord, that was great, I appreciate. No, they were excited. They were praising because they knew they had already won the battle. So they rose early in the morning and went out into the wilderness of Tekoa, and as they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God and you shall be established. Believe his prophets and you shall prosper. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who should sing to the Lord and he should praise the beauty of holiness as they went out before the army and were saying, Praise the Lord for his mercy endureth forever. And that praise there is the Yada of praise. That is the super fantastic, doesn't make any sense kind of praise, and they were going out with this attitude. And church, I would just like to tell you, we need to take that attitude. We need to take the attitude that the God is going before us, and he's going to fight our battles. You know, I don't know what you're going through right now, but God does. God knows what you need, and he's already preparing that battle to be won by you. To, be, to see you fulfilled in the promise that he has given you. So you know what? Let's praise him now. Let's praise him as if he's already accomplished everything that we've already needed in our lives. And let's show him that we trust in him as the God who can do it all. Amen? Come on, the battle is the Lord's. Do you believe that this morning? Do you believe it this
1: morning? I want you to worship today. Come on. Keep going. Keep going. You ready? Come on I want you to worship like you believe it's done. Come on you got to open your mouth you got to say something you got to let those praises out. Come on there's a praise come on. There's a praise that breaks the silence a sound that slays the giants a voice that breaks down every prison wall. Come on lift up. When we lift up our voices praises for we know the battle is There's a the Lord Come on, say it again There's a praise There's a praise that breaks the silence a, a sound that slays the giants A voice that breaks down every prison door Come on, when we lift up When we lift up our voices Praises go before us Praises go before, before us For we know, come on For we know King is come on, overcome. say that again. I'm, I'm going to sing like the battle is over. I'm going to dance like the war is done. Every prison door swing open wide. The King is overcome. Come on, do you believe it this morning? Whether you know the word or not, come on, we can worship Him. Worship Him like you already see the answer. Come on, there's a praise that breaks inside. There's a praise that breaks the silence, a sound that slays the giants, a voice that breaks down every prison door. Come on, it's up to us when, when we, we lift up our voices. Praise.
0: Praise is God
1: yes. for us. For we know There's a praise that breaks the silence, a sound that slays the giants, a voice that breaks down every... and laying it down and worshiping Jesus together. I want to encourage you. Come up here. Just come up and let's worship. we got to claim this. we got to get to where we don't care what it looks like to other people. we got to get to where we believe the word of the Lord. Nothing's going to keep me from my promises that I'm healed, that I'm whole, that I have everything that I need. Nothing's going to keep me from that promise. Come on, do you believe that today? Let's sing Victory is Mine. Go ahead, sing it. Ready? Victory is You see it. Now there's nothing that can keep me from my promise. Nothing, nothing's going to keep me from it. like our God, nobody like our God. Thank you, Father. Come on, praise him like you already see the answer. Let's sing this, then sings my soul, my savior God to come on. He is a great God. Nothing's too hard. How great Thou was. How great Thou art! On, sing it out. Then sings my soul, my Savior, God, to Thee. How great Thou art! Yes, You are, Lord. you say Saying that. There are angels basically saying this 24-7. My God, how great you are. How great, how great you are. Come on, just get a sense of his greatness, that nothing is impossible. Say it again. My God, how great. You feel his greatness, the glory of his presence in this place. Come on, just keep worshiping. Don't get tired. You are worthy, Lord. You are worthy. We join the angels. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. How great you are, Lord. How great you are, Lord. Lord, we worship you today. Say, my God. My God, how great you are. victory over. Whatever it is, a family member, yourself, health, finances, relationships, whatever it is, think about it right now. Just think about it. It seems so great. It seems so heavy. And it is probably. There's no denying the facts of it. But now I want you to think about God, how great He is. And I just right now think about that thing And I just want you to thank him If you can say it in words If you don't mind anybody around you hearing it Just to thank him for what it is Lord I thank you for healing my dad Lord I thank you say your thing Lord I thank you for healing my father Lord And my mom Lord I thank you for restoring the relationship with my brother God I thank you God It may look impossible on the outside But it is not possible with you Come on say your thing Lord I thank you God I thank you Lord I thank you, Lord, because you were so great, Lord. We can thank you ahead of time. We can thank you for it ahead of time, Lord Jesus. We thank you, God. We thank you, Lord Jesus. There was no one like you, Lord. There was no one like you, Lord. There was no one like you, Jesus. Now, I want us to go back to that first song. I want you to say victory is mine before my eyes can see it. Victory is mine before my eyes can see it. Just start playing at that bridge. Victory is mine before my eyes can see it. Say that right now. Victory is mine before my eyes can see it. Do you believe that? Do you believe it? Do you believe it? I want you to sing it like you mean it. Sing it with sin and go. Victory. Victory is mine before my eyes can see it. Come on, I want you to worship like you believe it. Now there's nothing that can keep me. Keep me from his promises. Nothing. Come on. No, I won't be, moved. I won't be moved. my hope's in you his light. breaks through the darkness. Now there's nothing. There's that nothing. Can keep you me need to believe my that. Promise. Come on, say victory is mine. Say it. Victory. victory is mine before my eyes can see it. Yeah. Now there's nothing that can keep me from my promise. I won't be. So I won't be moved, my hopes in believe this morning? Are you going to make the choice to sing like the battle's over? Yes. Lord, we trust you, God. Come on, just give him praise. Just give him praise. Come on, praise him like you sing. You, Lord, the battle belongs to the Lord again. Come on, tell somebody the battle belongs to the Lord. The battle belongs to the Lord. Tell somebody, let it come out your mouth. The battle belongs to the Lord. Whatever you face, the battle belongs to
2: Good. Hello. 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 One two. Perfect. Thank you, Teddy. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Good morning. A couple things before we get into it today. I was told that I needed to mention the men's work day and women, you are free to come out to um, the 31st, July 31st. Which that's this upcoming Saturday, correct? 31st, 8 a.m. to 1 p.m. Um, We're going to handle some things around the church. Lunch will be provided, so come out, help out, help put your church together. Man, my summer miracle did not come true. Bunch of empty rows up here, guys. One of these Sundays, y'all are going to make me a really happy man. The chapel family keeps moving forward. I like that. Thank you. Yeah, chapel family, making my summer miracle come true. Every Sunday, I like notice some of you like one forward. Hey, I'll I'll take what I can get at this point. But the men's work day, July 31st, 8 a.m. to 1 p.m. We're going to be working on some things around the church that need to be done because before we take care of other houses, we need to take care of this house. So please come out. We'd really appreciate it. Um, I want to give a big shout-out to all the team who has helped with the um, funeral and memorial services the past two weeks. Thank you so much. I kept telling you all thank you in the kitchen. But give a round of applause, please, for that group. I don't know if y'all know this, but we, we've had five in and associated with our church, five deaths. And it's been in the past like two weeks, we've done everything and it's been a lot. So that team has been incredible. Um, thank you guys. Seriously. Wherever says, Thank you guys so much for your help, because without y'all, it just it wouldn't happen. And thank you so much for your servant's heart. Um, also, the evangelism team, the sign out sheet is still on the table. Yo, this this is the this is the last week I'm going to have the sign out sheet out because we need to start our training like ASAP. Um, we're planning for an event at the end of August for the community, and I want us to be out in the community before we have the event. Does that make sense? I want them to know that we're here. I don't just want to pray, God, bring people. You know, if you build it, they will come. That's not, that's not true for churches. We need to go out because there's plenty of churches and no one comes. So we need to go out into the community, right, to let them know we're here, what we're having, that we're there for them, and share the gospel of Jesus Christ. So please if you are interested, we've already had a lot of people sign up. Thank you for everyone. And even those of you who said this is completely out of my comfort zone, yet I'm going to do it anyways. Thank you for your obedience, and I'm looking forward to that. Um, also, the Coolit Project is going along greatly. I'm going to have an actual update for you next Sunday because I forgot to ask Miss Melody. Things have been crazy. Next Sunday, I will have an actual number amount for you, but things are going well. God is working things out that we didn't even think were going to be possible. He's saving us thousands of dollars, so praise God. Amen. 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 Things are just working out that we had no idea in mind, but they're just happening. And that's how God provides sometimes. It's not always money. It's creative ideas to work things out. Um, So I'm very, very grateful for that. Uh, Bradley, you can cut that off. So (laughs) I know I keep saying we're going to finish the order series, but guess what? We're not finishing it today. So I'm sorry for that. Um, Last night, the Holy Spirit was just working on my heart. um, And this is why. Because I knew today I'm tired. I'm real tired. And I knew if I were going to teach what I was going to teach, I was going to be in autopilot mode. And I would stand here, and I'd read out the slide. I'm good, brother. I'm just going to go from the Bible, all natural rail today. And I knew if I was was going to do that last section, because I've had it ready for weeks, I knew if I were to do it, it it's in my head. I could tell you every slide without even looking at it exactly what it said. And I knew if I was going to come in here today, tired and not wanting to really do anything, that then I was going to be in autopilot mode, and y'all were just going to get a lesson, and the Holy Spirit was going to be in it. So last night I was wrestling, I couldn't sleep, I felt like I was losing my mind and couldn't sleep, and the Holy Spirit laid three passages on my mind. I, y'all, I don't even know how this is going to connect. Literally, I don't know. I literally just read through them one time, and we're going we're gonna to figure it out together. The Holy Spirit's going to lead this, but I feel like I feel like whatever he's going to do, y'all, the Holy Spirit is moving in this church. Do you know how long it's been since I've seen this many people around the altar? altar I can't I can't speak. The altar worshiping. I think I mix I think I mixed those two words. Worship and never mind. Anyways, I haven't seen this many people around the altar. Just not 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 just not praying, calling repenting, just worshiping. Yeah. Just worshiping. Y'all we have in church. Yeah. We we are having church like we are experiencing the Holy Spirit and the Lord in a new way in this place. And I'm excited to see what he is gonna do. But y'all I'm just I'm gonna pray real quick before we get into these three passages. Holy Spirit, I just pray you would speak through me. You, you, you like to make things uncomfortable for me, and you like to switch things up on me last minute. And I thank you for that, because where we're uncomfortable is when we grow. So, Holy Spirit, I just pray you would leave this service today. I don't know what you want to do in this service. I don't even know how long this, this talk, or whatever this is, is going to last. But, you know, what? if you want us to go back into a time of worship, please guide us into a time of worship. If you want us to go into a time of repentance and prayer, guide us there. But, Holy Spirit, we need you today. I need you today, because I literally don't know what I'm supposed to say. I have no notes. I literally have your word in my hand, and I'm trusting you. So, Holy Spirit, please, move in our hearts today, move in our minds, guide us to where you want us to go, because you're taking this church to a new place we have not been before. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, there won't be, like, 80 scripture references this time, so those of you who like to take notes, your hand won't be tired after today. At least I don't think so. Um, All right, if you have your Bible with me, and I pray that you do, a physical Bible, but if you don't, that's fine. Open your phone. We're going to open up to Luke chapter 11, and we're just going to start in verse 1. Luke chapter 11, we're going to start in verse 1. And I, th- I think we're going to go through verse 13, but I'm not sure. We'll figure it out along the way. Luke chapter 11. i give you a second, because it's important that we know where things are in our Bible, correct? I'll give you a second to get there. I'm not in a rush. The Holy Spirit is not in a rush. I'm sorry if you don't get to lunch on the time you thought you were, but... You know what? We're we're expecting the Holy Spirit to move today. Like he did last week. Did he move last week or did he move last week? Praise the Lord, y'all. He's doing something new in this house. I'm seeing things in y'all that I haven't seen before, and that's exciting to me. Because as your leader, all I want to see you do is thrive in the Holy Spirit, in the fruits and the gifts. All right, going to start in verse 1. He was praying in a certain place, and when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray just as John also taught his disciples. He said to them, this is Jesus, whenever you pray, say, Father, your name be honored as holy. When we start our prayers, we are to honor God as holy. He is set apart. He is perfect. He is so far beyond us, yet he chooses to be associated with us. And y'all, sometimes I I get caught up in, in this way when I pray. I got so much on my mind, like, God, do this, God, do this, do that. And I forget to sit and be like, Yo, this is God. He doesn't have to do anything. He doesn't even have to listen to me if he chooses not to. He's the God of the universe. He is so beyond and he is so holy. Yet sometimes I come to him like he's the genie in a bottle. And I rub my Bible and there's my three wishes. He is holy. So when we go to pray, we are to enter into a place of reverence and honor. The church has played games too long where we treat God like a genie. We only come to him when we have a request. We have to be careful because what is the first thing Jesus said? When you enter into prayer, honor your father as holy. And church, I've been taking that to heart. Anytime I come to pray, the first thing I do is I kneel down and I say, Father, you are holy. We got to know who we're talking to. He deserves the respect and honor of treated that way. That anytime we come to him, first we address him for who he is. He is holy. He's beyond us. He is God Almighty, the creator of the universe. We have to be in a place of reverence before we enter into a conversation with the Almighty. He says, your, your name be honored as holy. Your kingdom come. Church, I long to see this. I, long, I think that's beautiful that Jesus says the first thing is honor him as holy. Second, let his kingdom come to this earth. I want to see heaven on earth. Seeing you guys up here worshiping the Holy Spirit flowing, yo, that's a bit of heaven on earth. We were joining in with the saints and the angels in heaven for Revelation chapter 4, and we were worshiping. And we tasted heaven here on earth. But if you didn't take part, I'm sorry. You missed it. You missed it. And the other day, y'all, I missed a ministry opportunity, and I was so mad because I came back over to my office. I missed an opportunity. And I was in my office working, putting stuff together, and I looked at myself. I looked at myself in my mirror. If y'all know my dad's office, now my office, there's a mirror right in front. And I looked at my. I said, Josiah, you missed it. But you won't miss it again. Learn from your mistakes. I've missed a ministry opportunity to share the Lord, but not again. His kingdom come, which means we have to establish it. We have to bring it. And when we miss an opportunity, we repent and we move forward. But we have to be pursuing his kingdom here on the earth. And I believe that is what this church is currently doing. Verse 3. Give us each day our daily bread. What is he asking? He's asking for provisions. Ask for your daily provisions. Notice he doesn't say ask for a Corvette or a Mercedes or a giant house. He says ask for your daily needs, your daily provisions. Y'all hear me? I said needs. Wants and needs are completely different. When we come to the Lord first, we are to ask for our daily needs. Why? Because he's our provider. He gives our provision, our daily provision. Y'all, he gives us grace every day. He knows what we need every single day. So what are we to pray for? God, you know better than I know. You've seen this day. You've walked this day. You know when a family member is going to die. You know when I'm going to lose a loved one. You know when I'm going to lose my job. You know when the finances aren't going to add up to the bills. You know. But today I pray for what I need because you know. So what are the first three things? They're God. God, you are holy. I enter into a place of conversation with you. I cleanse myself. You are a holy God. Second, we ask that his kingdom come to this earth. So what are those? Two about God. And thirdly, we ask him, we don't ask him, God, give us everything. Look how simple that is. God, give us our daily bread. You know what we need. Give us what we need today. Verse 4, and forgive us our sins, for we ourselves also forgive everyone in debt to us or those who have done us Wrong. Do y'all know how important it is? Jesus even said, if you are going to the temple and you have unforgiveness against someone, go, leave the temple, leave everything at the temple, and go forgive that person and ask for forgiveness. Christians, listen, when we come to this altar and we have places of unforgiveness and bitterness in our heart, our prayers don't fully go to God. Because He says, freely forgive as you have freely been forgiven. Bitterness holds us as a place of separation from God. So listen, the prayer already, the first four verses, have nothing to do with us. Do we see that? The gospel is not about you. Jesus said, this is how you pray. And listen, so far it has, you don't even get to say anything you want. But how do we usually pray? God, I want this. God, I want this. And y'all, rarely ever are they true needs when we pray. I'm just being honest. We have what we need usually because he provides daily for what we need. Everything else is just a want. And we in American society are so privileged and so prosperous as a nation that our needs are wants. So when we come before the Lord, we pray for what we want and then what we forgive others. Guys, we have to walk in a place of forgiveness. Why? Because Christ has forgiven you and he continues to forgive you. Has anyone in here stopped sinning? No. And he forgives us every day and forgives us every day. We are to walk in a place of forgiveness. And the latter part of that verse is, and do, not, and do not bring us into temptation. I dealt with this on a Wednesday night, but hey, if you're able to make it, I need y'all to start coming on Wednesday nights. We, y'all, we're, we're getting into some deeper truth, and if you can't make it, please log in online. Y'all, because we go into deeper, way more deeper truth on Wednesday nights than we do on Sundays. we get into some serious teachings, like hour-long teachings of the Word of God. But we dealt with this, and, it's, and what does that say? And do not bring us into temptation. God allows you to be tempted. We have the story of Job when Satan came before God. God, let me tempt him. He'll, he'll, he, won't, he doesn't really love you. Let me take it away from him. They take it away. Job is still faithful and he comes again. Do we see that? He comes again. Jesus in the book of Luke tells Peter, Peter, Satan has been asking for you. God allows us to be tempted. Why? Because faith is not faith until it's tested. And some of us fail at the same thing over and over again because God's like, I'm going to make you retake this test until you pass. Do you understand that? God does not give up on you. And you, some of us think these hardships we go through, Now I'm not talking about losing a loved one. That is not what I'm talking about. I'm talking when we fail in sin because we gave into the same temptation, God does not give up on us. So he keeps testing us. And if we say we love him, we're going to pass the test eventually, I pray. But Jesus says, pray he doesn't he doesn't give you over into temptation to be tested. Verse five, he also said to them, and I love this, suppose one of you has a friend and goes to him at midnight and says to him, friend, lend me three loaves of bread because a friend of mine on a journey has come to me and I don't have anything to offer him. Then he will answer from inside and say, don't bother me. The door is already locked and my friend and I have gone to bed. I can't get up to give you anything. I tell you, even though he won't get up and give him anything because he is a friend, yet because of his friend's shameless boldness, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. Do we understand what that parable is saying? You are to go after God and go after God and go after God until he answers what the prayer you are asking him for. That parable is saying, don't give up. Don't give up. What does it say? He knocks on the door with shameless boldness. You understand in that culture, you did not mess with families, especially after the sun went down. If we don't understand this parable, it's because we live in an American society where we go out all the time. We hang out with our friends at nighttime. In this culture, when the sun went down, you were with family. And also, I don't know if you know this about the Middle Eastern culture, families all slept in the same bed. Mothers, fathers, and children all in the same bed. So the father didn't want to get up because he didn't want to serve the young ones but what is jesus saying to his disciples you are to seek god with shameless boldness until you get what you want now listen what we want has to be one of god's desires i'm not talking god i want a corvette so i'm going to badger you every day until i get a corvette no if you have a sick loved one like my papa who I've been drawing circles around, walking in circles in the sanctuary, every single day, I'm going to beseech God every single day until I see healing in my papa's body. We circle people in prayers, and we seek God until we see it come to pass. Y'all see that wall? Y'all remember this wall from last Sunday? Keep adding bold prayers. Keep circling these bold prayers. Keep praying specific bold prayers. Because Jesus says, badger God, knock on the door of heaven until he releases heaven unto you. Don't give up. Don't give up because so often we give up so easily. Yo, I am so guilty of this. I will pray for 10 minutes and think heaven's just going to fall on me. For so long, we have sat by and God, we act as if we spend time with God is doing him a favor. Like God needs us. Like, God needs our praise. Like, God needs our prayers. Like, y'all, God is not a, in Greek mythology. He's not one of these. He's not Zeus who has to be worshipped in order to live, in order to exist. God does not need us, but he chooses us. We are the option here. He is not. Do we understand that? So Jesus says, when you enter in, first off, make sure you are in reverence and awe. Not come to him as the magical blue genie off Aladdin. Of Amen? Second, you are praying for his kingdom to come. So it's not even your will. You're not even praying for yourself. You're praying that his will come down to earth. Verse 9. So I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds. And for the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Okay, pause. Verses 9 through 10. He's not just saying one time you go up and ask. He's not just saying one time you seek. He's not just saying one time you knock. He's saying this is a continual process until heaven is opened on your situation. We don't stop. We ask and we continue to ask. We knock and we continue to knock. We seek and we continue to seek. But I love love how this is what he says next. Verse 11. What father among you, if his son asks for a fish we'll give him a snake instead of a fish. Or if he asks for an egg, we'll give him a scorpion. If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more, what does that say? How much more? How much more? Do you see that? He wants to give you more than what you're even praying for. He wants to give you more than what you're even asking for. You're asking for healing from a disease. Maybe you should be asking bigger. Maybe you should be asking for full rejuvenation of the body. Because if we seek God, if we pray, he never just gives us enough. He never just gives us enough. When we, seek, when we truly seek God, and listen, I said last week, if you're praying a prayer you can probably do yourself, then that's not a prayer you should be praying. Prayer is when only God can intervene. Prayer is only when the divine has to enter into a mortal situation for it to come to pass. Mm, Christians, I pray, I, pray you're, I pray you're hearing this, because the, 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 next, the next part we're about to read, you got to get this. you got to get this. And what does he say? How much more will the Heavenly Father give who? The Holy Spirit to those who ask. Church, what are we asking for? A deeper level of the Holy Spirit. And if we knock and if we seek and if we ask for him, if we pursue daily, what does it say? He will give you more than you ever imagined of the Holy Spirit. Because there's more than we have experienced there's more to this Christian life than just being saved from hell. God wants to take you to a place you never imagined. He wants you walking in the fruits of the Spirit like you never imagined possible. He wants you to walk in self-control. Therefore, when that temptation comes, you reject it and you violently flee from it. He wants you to walk in goodness. So therefore, when people are attacking you, you do nothing but treat them well. It is by how we love each other that the world will know you are my disciples Hmm. how many of us ask for the Holy Spirit you understand he's a gift right who understands he's a gift who understands you can grieve the Holy Spirit to the point you don't even feel his presence anymore if we're not asking for deeper levels of experience with the Holy Spirit we're missing the whole point without the Holy Spirit you cannot successfully live this Christian life on the earth You can't do it why was he given to be our helper to be our counselor to be our comforter that's the whole point he was given to us and if we neglect the Holy Spirit you will never successfully live this Christian life do you hear how I said successfully you may try but you will fail you may try but you will fall and you will stumble and you will fall and you will stumble and you will fall that's why we see so many Christians in the church today who have not changed they've been in the church for 30 years Unless you allow the Holy Spirit to work in your mind and your heart and you ask, what does it say? Listen, isn't it crazy how he's not just talking about any gift? He says specifically, ask, knock, seek. But who, who is the gift? The Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit is all we need to live this Christian life. And if we miss that, we miss the whole point of any of this. Jump over to Verse 27. As he was saying these things, a, a woman from the crowd raised her voice and said to him, Blessed is the womb that bore you and the one who nursed you. And Jesus said, Rather blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. You know, Jesus, Jesus has those mic drop moments in the church where Jesus simply says, Replies, No, and listen, this. I, I, I think this is just, I mean, the Catholic church can't really say anything about Mary when you say this. Jesus about himself said this. What did he say? He said, rather blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. What, what does keep it mean? You store it in your heart. You store it in your mind, but more than that, you put it into practice. James says, don't just be hearers of the word, be doers of the word. And one thing I've learned early on in ministry is a lot of people are talkers. Not many people are doers. Many people can tell me how to do it, but not many people walk it out and do it themselves. Many people love to tell a young pastor how he should be doing it, but they in them old lives don't produce any fruit to show me otherwise. And I'm sick and tired of Christians thinking just because you've been in the church 30 years means that you are walking the way you should be walking. Just you've been, Just because you've been walking with the Lord for 30 years doesn't mean you're above anybody. It doesn't mean you're above coming to this altar. It doesn't mean you're above sitting on your knees. Where is your fruit? I'm oh yo I'm over church games. I'm over church games. Where is your fruit? If you're not producing the fruit, I don't I don't want to hear what you have to say. Cuz I don't care what you have to say. I care about what the Holy Spirit inside of you has to say. So don't be talking to me about what I should do if the Holy Spirit isn't even living inside of you. When are we going to get done with church games? Y'all, what we experience today around the altar should be the norm for the church. Y'all didn't come up here to repent. You came up here to praise. You were praising God. This is the church. This is normal. What we've been doing is not normal. Y'all, if the early church could see what the church is today, they would say, what is this? I don't recognize this. Who are these people? They don't follow the same Jesus I follow. Why? Because if you truly follow Jesus, the world is not going to like you. And if a pastor truly preaches Jesus, he will not be loved by the world. That's right. yeah, that's so when you see this popular Christianity, what Jesus are they following? Because last time I read the Gospels, Jesus said, you will be persecuted in my name. You will be hated. Why? Because they first hated me. Yeah. The spiritual gifts are amazing, are they not? Yeah, I, This is the Holy Spirit. I know what I'm saying right now. The spiritual gifts are amazing, are they not? My number one gift is discernment. A lot of y'all don't know in this room, but y'all, I watch and I pray. And I know, I know who's producing fruit. And I know who is not. And I pray for those who are not. But it breaks my heart that we could be in a Pentecostal church and the Holy Spirit doesn't move. And I get upset because I see a lot, of you, a lot of you don't even know your spiritual gifts, which that's probably on the pastors, not the people. I mean, but you could read. Um, but a lot of the majority of you aren't functioning in your spiritual gifts. A Christian without their spiritual gifts is like a gun with no bullets. If you're being charged by an assailant, someone who wants to harm you, but you have a gun, but you have no bullets what's going to happen to you? You're going to get killed. A Christian without spiritual gifts is a gun without bullets. You have no ammunition. And I'm excited for the series coming up called Powered Up because we're going to be getting in the spiritual gifts and what those even mean and how we function in them. But right now, we got to talk about fruit. Because I, I know a lot of keyboard warriors who like to say a lot of stuff online. Everybody's tough behind a computer screen. But when I see them face to face in person, there is no fruit. Are you a good tree or a bad tree? Ask yourself. Are you a good tree or a bad tree? What does Jesus say? He says, A bad tree does not produce good fruit, and a good tree does not produce bad fruit. Are you a good tree or a bad tree? Saints, we better search our hearts. We better search our hearts because without the fruits of the Spirit, we cannot function in the Spirit. Without the fruits of the Spirit, we are not a cleansed temple, and therefore the Holy Spirit will not live in our bodies. I think so often we get get caught in this misconception that we can live however we want as believers, and the Holy Spirit is just going to dwell in us. That's a lie from the devil. The Holy Spirit will not dwell a dirty temple. I'm telling you, saints, if you will not have a holy temple, the Holy Spirit will not dwell inside of you. For too long, the church, the Pentecostal church has lied to people. We lie to people, oh, give your life to Jesus, you've got the Holy Spirit. That is not true. If this temple is not holy, the Holy Spirit is not going to degrade himself for you. Do you hear me? The Holy Spirit is not going to lower his standard because you live to a lower standard. Amen. If we do not live to the standard the Holy Spirit demands of us, the Holy Spirit is not going to reside inside of us. Too long we played this church game where we turn Sunday services into Sunday services and the rest of the week we do whatever we want to do. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, if Jesus is not your all in all, he is nothing. Yeah. I'm sorry to tell you that. Jesus is not an option. And yes, I'm passionate because I'm sick and tired of seeing the American church claim Jesus all over social media, but you talk to him face to face and there's no fruit. Yeah. They can't even discern spiritual from fleshly. We're going to read a passage in a minute about determining spiritual to spiritual. But listen, believers, listen. He said, rather blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. Keep it. Keep it here. 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 here. Everything. It's everything. We compartmentalize our faith so often that we don't even realize we do it. Jesus is called to be our all in all. Scripture says, I have now died and it is Christ who lives. Who's living? You were Christ. Turn to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. I told y'all one of these days I was going to preach. I told y'all one of these days I was going to. Told y'all at one point I was going to stop teaching, and the Holy Spirit was going to release me to preach. I told y'all. I don't think y'all were ready for this, but I, did I not warn y'all? Did I not warn y'all? I said, right now the Holy Spirit is not releasing me to preach. I'm teaching. He released me last night. Acts chapter 2, verse 37. Backstory. Paul, I mean, sorry, Peter has just given the gospel. Like, he just straight up preached the gospel for the first time. Just preached the gospel for the first time, okay? This, this is our backstory, okay? What, what is the gospel? We in ourselves are sinners. We can do nothing to save ourselves. Sin nature has corrupted the world, and the world is sinful. God looked down upon humanity, loved us enough to send his son. Because why? God knew without a savior, these people could never be saved. They weren't good enough in themselves. He gave us laws. We broke every single one of them. We couldn't even keep one of them. We broke it, and we broke it, and we were evil. And at points in time, God even looked at humanity and said, I'm grieved in my heart. I wish I never created these creatures. God said that about us. You know that, right? At points in time, God was so broken over the state of humanity that he wanted to wipe us off the face of the earth but it takes one righteous person. And God has looked down and looked down time and time again to save humanity. But what is the gospel? He sent his one and only begotten son, his unique son, Jesus Christ. He sent him down to be born from a virgin, overshadowed by the Holy Spirit, conceived miraculously Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world. John three sixteen tells us he did not come to condemn, but he came to save. He came for us. To save us, because we were not good enough in ourselves. I'm not good enough in myself. Before Jesus, I was a hot mess, driven by passions and desires that were definitely contrary to this word. But He sent a Savior to die. And, and Peter says, The same Jesus you crucified was sent for your sins, to die on the cross to make you a new creation. We pick up in verse 37. When they heard this, they were pierced to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the... Wait, are any of us still moved by the simple gospel? Or or, or have we been in church so long we've become calloused in our hearts to the simple gospel? Because if you're at that point, you need to check your heart. If the simple gospel no longer moves you, you need to check your heart. Brothers, what should we do? They're talking to Peter. Peter replied... Repent and be baptized each of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. I'm read verse thirty eight again. Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, each of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Verse thirty nine. For the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call. Mm. I'm going to read those two verses again because I feel like some of y'all haven't gotten it yet. Peter replied, repent and be baptized, each of you. Some of y'all need to come up to this altar and get filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm just saying, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promises for you, for your children, and for all who are far off. Who, who were the ones who were far off? The Gentiles. That's us, church. We're the Gentile church. That's us. With many other words, he testified and strongly urged them, saying, be saved from this corrupt generation. Huh, it sounds like I've been preaching the same thing. So those who accepted his message were baptized, and that day about 3,000 people were added to them. Do you see what happens when the Holy Spirit is allowed to move? 3,000, listen, only men were numbered. That means there could have been women and children. There could have been even more thousands saved in that one day when the apostle was obedient to the Holy Spirit. And some of us haven't experienced the Holy Spirit in a long time, haven't really experienced his presence, haven't really experienced his regeneration in our hearts and our minds. Some of you are still doing things with your minds you have for 30 years. The Holy Spirit never wanted you to deal with that. The Holy Spirit came to bring regeneration. What does that mean? That's rebirth in your hearts and in your minds. If we are still struggling from things we dealt with 20 years ago, have you allowed the Holy Spirit to work in your heart and in your mind? Do you understand? Jesus said, God wants to give you more. wants to give you more abundantly more than anything you've ever experienced. If you have not truly been set free, then you have not truly experienced the Holy Spirit in the work of regeneration. Jesus said, Be free, choose freedom, do not choose the yoke of slavery again. Jesus died for you to be free, saints. He never wanted you to struggle with the same sin over and over and over. He even gave His Holy Spirit to guide you away from sin. We were set free by the cross. Y'all, Peter preached a simple gospel and thousands of people got saved. Literally, you can look back, it was two paragraphs. And thousands of people. Why? Because Jesus saves. He saves. And he changes and transforms hearts. And it's sad because sometimes we as the church, we're content for change and not transformation. Listen, habit change and heart transformation are not the same thing. When I wasn't a believer, I started researching psychology and different methods to help control my anger. And I wasn't saved. And my anger got better. That was habit change. But my heart was not changed. Because Jesus doesn't doesn't just want to take it away partially. He wants to take it away wholly. Because why? He is holy. And when we separate ourselves, holiness, separation unto the Lord, He doesn't want you to look the same. He doesn't want you to act the same. And believe it or not, it matters how we treat people. People see how you treat people, especially if you claim to be a Christian. Sometimes I think Christians don't realize when people know you claim to be a believer, you are being watched like a hawk. Why? Because the world wants to say hypocrite, hypocrite, hypocrite. That's what they want from us, church. That is why Jesus is specific about how we are to interact with others. Hence why he gave us the greatest commandment, love others as yourself. Hence why he gave us the golden rule. Treat others as you want to be treated. But we fail that time and time again. Why? Why? Because if the Holy Spirit is not not living in us, we literally can't do something as simple as treating others the way we want to be treated. We will continue to use and abuse people when the Holy Spirit is not functioning in our hearts, bringing out the fruits of the Spirit. Let's start one more passage. 1 Corinthians Chapter 2. Starting in verse 6. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, starting in verse 6. I'm going to start reading. We do, however, speak a wisdom among the mature, but not a wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. So what is verse 6 saying? We in the church are meant to speak of a deeper wisdom a deeper knowledge, a deeper truth that is spiritual. Not, not of the wisdom of this age, so not of all the scientists and all the genius and the scholars. That's not the wisdom we're speaking. That's not the wisdom we're speaking. We're, yes, we are meant to be intelligent. Jesus says, be as shrewd as serpents and as innocent as doves. We are called to be intelligent and perceptive. Listen, Christians, Jesus never told you to be stupid about how you interact with people. He said, be shrewd as a serpent and as innocent as a dove. What does that mean? We are intelligent, perceptive, We're perceptive in situations. We don't walk into traps. We don't walk into situations that we could get in trouble. Right? We're smart. Jesus said help people. He didn't say help everyone in any situation no matter what they're going through. He said be smart about how you do it. But also make sure you're as innocent as a dove. You remain innocent in the eyes of the Lord. Not causing offense towards man nor God. So we speak a wisdom different than the wisdom of this age or the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. Speaking both physical and spiritual, they're coming to nothing. Jesus has already won. Verse 7, on the contrary, we speak God's hidden wisdom in a mystery. A wisdom God predestined before the ages for our glory. Church, did you hear that? This wisdom is for our glory. The church, he predestined this knowledge for the church, the world isn't going to know this. The world isn't going to understand when we speak spiritual things because they're not spiritual. They won't understand it. God did this for us, a hidden, a hidden wisdom and mystery. Verse 8. None of the rulers of this age knew this wisdom because if they had known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Why? Because if they would have known Jesus was going to raise from the dead three days later and kick death behind and the grave no longer affects us, they would have never killed him. They would have allowed him to live his life as long as he wanted to, and they would have never touched him because it's a hidden wisdom. Verse 9. But as it is written, no eye has seen, nor ear has heard, and no human heart has conceived. God has prepared these things for those who love him. Church, there is so much more to this Christian life than what we have experienced. Let me read that again. What no eye has seen, No ear has heard, and no human heart has conceived. God has prepared these things for those who love Him. Verse 10. Now God has revealed these things to us by who? The Spirit. Since the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. You understand the same Holy Spirit that if you allow Him to reside inside your mortal body is the same Spirit that searches the depths of God. This is why when you are led by the Holy Spirit, it's impossible to fail. Because this is the same Holy Spirit who searches the depths and knowledge and wisdom of God. Verse 11. For who knows a person's thoughts except his spirit within him? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Now, we have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit who comes from God so that we may understand what has been freely given to us by God. Do we understand the Holy Spirit has a perfect sevenfold ministry? I even talked about this a little bit on Wednesday. He teaches us. He convicts us. He guides us. He empowers us. He intercedes for us. He bears witness about Jesus Christ and about us as children of God, and he gives life. The Holy Spirit does all this. It's the Holy Spirit who works these things in our lives. And without him, we have nothing. That is what has been freely given to us. Freely given to us. Verse 13. We also speak these things not in words taught by human wisdom, but in those taught by the Spirit. Explaining spiritual things to who? Spiritual people. Y'all, the world isn't going to understand. The world, when we are speaking in the deeper knowledge and wisdom of God, the world's not going to understand. Spiritual discerns spiritual. This is why scripture tells us to discern the spirits in 1 John chapter 4. We as spiritual are meant to judge spiritual, to hold it to a standard. And if it doesn't match the standard, then we know it's not truly spiritual. The world's not going to understand. Listen, if a heart is hardened, it doesn't matter how many times you you preach the gospel, it's going to seem like foolishness to hardened ears and to hardened hearts. Why? Because because Scripture clearly says that the gospel is a stumbling block to those who don't believe. But it's salvation to those who believe. It is power to those who believe. Who believes in Jesus? Who believes in Jesus Christ? That is our power. Our power is through salvation in Jesus Verse 14, but the person without the spirit does not receive what comes from God's spirit. Do you hear that? But the person without the spirit does not receive what comes from God's spirit because it is foolishness to him. He is not able to understand it since it is evaluated spiritually. And that breaks my heart to read that because a lot of the church is stuck on the most basic level of spirituality. What does that say about the church? Yes, it is amazing. Jesus died for our sins and we are to preach that. We are to be moved by that. But if we never get beyond that into maturity, where is the fruit? Where's the spirit moving in us, teaching us, guiding us into deeper truth? I'm going to read that again. Verse 14. But the person without the spirit does not receive what comes from God's spirit because it is foolishness to him. Y'all, some of the things I've been teaching, I've gotten some backlash from Christians because what I was teaching was foolishness to them. That breaks my heart because it, it, it was the Bible, clearly. And majority of people agree with what I teach. I don't teach nonsense. And so for some, for some believers not to agree, that breaks my heart. He is not able to understand it since it is evaluated spiritually. Verse 15. The spiritual person, however, can evaluate everything, and yet he himself cannot be evaluated by anyone. Hmm. The spiritual person, however, can evaluate everything, and yet he himself cannot be evaluated by anyone. Verse 16. For who has known the Lord's mind that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. We have the mind of Christ. What is that? That is freedom. That is holiness. That is righteousness. It is no longer we who live, but Christ who lives. It's not us. And we are no longer walking in this cardinal flesh, this cardinal mind, but it's the mind of Christ to rule The body. And church, we've missed it for so long. We've missed it for so long. We've come in and we've had church services and we've been served time and time again and we've done the same thing. We've gotten called in routines where there wasn't any change that had to happen because we were comfortable. It's not comfortable for me just to have my Bible in my hand and have nothing to reference. That's not comfortable for me. Why? Because I've been praying, Holy Spirit, make me uncomfortable, make this church uncomfortable. Because we've been doing the church game for too long. We come and we sit and we sit and we're not teachable, though. We sit and we don't take notes and we listen. But what, y'all, what happens if you don't take notes? Are you going to be able to tell me what I said three weeks from now? Are you going to be able to tell me what the Holy Spirit did three weeks from now? All of us went through school, I hope. Not all of us have photographic memory. So what did you have to do in order to, to do well on a test? You had to take notes. It's sad we don't hold ourselves to the same standard when it comes to our faith. We we, want to, listen, in the world, we want to have the best job. We want to have the best career. We want to have the best grades. We want to be the best we can be. But when it comes to our faith, we're complacent for subpar. What is going to go on with you into the next life? Not your job, not your possessions, not, not, not not your reputation around the office not your work ethic. Those things don't go into the next life. It was your relationship with the Lord and who you impacted for Jesus Christ. So we as the church look so much like the world, it makes me sick to my stomach sometimes. We have the same goals as the world. We have the same aspirations as the world. Now you are meant to pursue excellence in everything you do. Everything you do, Jesus says, do everything as if you were doing it for the Lord directly. So yes, we are to pursue excellence. But where's our heart? Do we pursue because we want more money? Do we pursue because we want better things? Do we pursue because we want more power? Or do we pursue so we can be a blessing to the ministry? Where's our heart, church? I've been having to ask myself this. What fruit am I bearing? Even when I'm tired and exhausted, what does my fruit look like? What does your fruit look like? What fruit are you producing? And we're not moved by the Holy Spirit, then I don't know what can move your heart because He's the one who does it. And in a minute, Auntie, I, I want you to play that first song again. And praise him. if you want to join her, please do. I want to go into a time of worship again. And some of you need to come up to this altar and ask to experience the Holy Spirit in a new way. If you've never been, if you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit, come to me and I will pray for you. Because how was anyone baptized in the Holy Spirit in the New Testament? Laying on of hands. If you want to experience the Holy Spirit in a new way or you just want to come praise and worship, please. We got the Holy Spirit wants to take us into a new level. But we got to understand new levels come new enemies. New levels comes new resistance to the growth. And we're going to go to a time of worship today. And I pray you took notes. I pray you were down to y'all because that's what the Holy Spirit was saying. I didn't plan for any of this. But we're going to go into a time of worship. And I don't know about y'all, but I'm going to seek the Holy Spirit to a new level. And I want us to be excited and expectant about what the Lord's going to do in this house. But we have to pursue. We have to knock. We have to ask. And you choose right now. You choose to pursue. You choose to sing. You choose to knock. Those are conscious decisions to make. So, Auntie Praise Team, lead, lead us into that first powerful song. Because I want this to be a time of celebration. I want this to be a time of victory. Come on, y'all. Stand up. Let's sing. Let's sing like the battle's over.
1: He worthy? Is he worthy? Come on, let's, let's give him a shout of praise. Lord, we thank you, God. We thank you, Jesus. You're worthy, Lord. You're worthy, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.
3: How good is God? How good is God? Yes. Maybe you're not hearing me. I said, How good is our God? Hallelujah. Yes. Dear gracious and wonderful Heavenly Father. The Father who created the heavens and the earth. The God who spoke us into existence. God, we thank you today for what you've done in this service today we thank you for what you're doing in this service today we thank you for what you're doing in each and every person's lives under the sound of my voice God we thank you that change is taking place God we thank you that you're making us uncomfortable we thank you for that uncomfortable state because in in comfort growth takes place and then when that growth takes place, Father God, we know that change takes place. So, God, we thank you for what you're doing. We thank you for what you're about to do. And we call things as not as though they were. So, God, today, as we leave this sanctuary today, God, I pray and act for each and every person in this house today. I pray and ask for the people on the online service today. God, I thank you for what you're doing in lives. God, I thank you for changes that are taking place. I thank you that people who are lost are coming home. I thank you that things that were dead in people are coming to life. God, I thank you, Father God, for speaking things that's not as though they were. And I, God, I thank you. I thank you today, Father God, that you died on the cross so that we may be free. The blood that you shed was for my salvation, Father God, because I know that we shall see you again. So, God, we draw a circle. I draw a circle around this sanctuary and the online congregation. I pray today, Father God, that they were blessed indeed. Father, I pray and ask that you enlarge our territories. I pray that you'll keep a hedge of protection about us, keep us from evil, that it'll harm us not. God, I pray and ask that we'll be blessed as we're going out and blessed coming in. God, I pray and ask, oh God, that your hand will be upon each and every person, that the very residue of the Holy Spirit will be upon their lives this week. As they go out, Father, I pray and ask that as they touch people's lives, as the people they come in contact with, they will see Jesus. They will see the fruits of their labor. They will see the fruits of the Holy Spirit coming out, not just hear it, but see it. Now, God, I pray and ask that the people, these doors right here, I pray and ask for those doors right there, as people leave and people come out, they shall be changed. They will not be the same in Jesus' name. God, we thank you today. We thank you for what you're doing. And we give you all the glory, the praise, and all the honor. In Jesus' name, the church said, amen. Amen and amen. Thank you guys so much for coming with
2: us today. We love you. Guys doing something new in this place. Pastor Betty, is there food across the street? Go get some food across the street. We love you guys. Excited to see the transformation of the Holy Spirit working in this place.